and I start that by saying, I am a child of God. I am a believer, and I testify of what good things God has done in my life because that makes me an overcomer. So if you are also a child of God and a believer, we're family. You got to accept me. I'm just family. I'm family. I've spent a career training people. Uh, I've been blessed to work for some good companies in some good opportunities. Um, and what led from job to job to job to a career, I've been involved in um, process management, continuous improvement, training people on continuous improvement, quality audits, done statistical process controls, wrote training manuals, taught people how to operate equipment, and I learned a lot about being organized and improving, making things better. And I thought my career was going to be in quality management. And I invested a lot of time and education in developing that as part of my career because I saw it so valuable. And I saw it so valuable, I thought I would take those principles home. I said, if it works at the office, it'll work at home. Total failure. Because, there's no offense to family, we already said we're family, you can't fire your teenage children. You cannot, and you know, in a work environment, you can teach somebody something, you'd say, this is for your good, this is required by your job, and if they get it and they continue with it, they'll be blessed, they'll be rewarded. If they don't do it, they find something to shift them away from that, or some way to convince them that this is not a good fit. And the worst of the worst, you say, well, you're just not getting it, so we don't need you. You can't do that with your kids. So um, through that process, I found out God had gifted me as a teacher. I knew that for a long time. And I enjoyed it, and I got into that portion of quality systems. And then that led me to devote more than 20 years in a career to training people. So I've been blessed to have some of the best industrial and commercial training, and I've learned that that can apply here. I learned some great lessons in business, and I was taken from career to career. I've retired twice. What brought me to this area was a chance to have a second career, and I did that and was blessed by it. Now we are officially retired. But if any of you are retired, you, you find out people find something else for you to do, and that can fill your life full. Anyway, um, the other thing about my career, my last move before here in 2012, I was offered a position in uh, a software management company that moved me out near Seattle. And uh, great job, great opportunity, great company. So I put together a 10-year plan. And 2012, my plan was to 
work 10 years and retire then. And you know what? Life has a way of changing us. us. Life has a way of interrupting. Life has a way of other people's influences affecting us. And so some of the people that I worked with made choices that affected me. And um, that's no biggie. But in the process of me trying to live out my 10-year plan, my wife's mother passed away unexpectedly. My, a few months later, my father passed away unexpectedly. A few months after that, my mother, and a few months after that, my second mother. My mother and her sister were very close, and so my aunt was very prominent in raising me. So I lost three mothers and a father in a very short span, and that will disrupt your life too. But the goodness of God gets you through. So I'm not living where I thought I would. I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing, but I'm right where God wants me to be. And that's part of the rhema word for tonight is getting in the right place, being where God wants you, and doing what God wants you to do. Okay? So uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray a prayer using words that Jesus prayed and uh, I'm going to just take a portion of that. So I'm just going to pray one sentence that Jesus prayed while he was dealing with preparing for the cross. And he was praying to the Father in John 17, in the 17th verse. This is the prayer Jesus prayed to the Father for his disciples. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Father, I pray that you would bless this evening with your truth. I pray that you would put holiness upon us and separate us from anything that's unholy. Separate us from anything that's not in your word and not something we can rely on. And I pray that you would sanctify me, set me apart. Don't let my will enter into this, but let it be your will, your words for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture lesson where we're going to start with is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. So the King James Version says, One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Thank you, Father, for your word. So Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify them by through your truth, your word is truth. What is truth? Jesus was reasoning and teaching in the synagogue, and another version says a lawyer came and asked him this question. So they were debating and they were discussing, and they wanted to find the source of truth. And the lawyer asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus gave him a threefold answer, a threefold answer. When we look into the word and we try to understand that, now I've just shared a portion of the entire word, just a portion of it. But when you try to understand that, when you try to apply that, and when you say, God, I want to personalize that, tell me what it means for me and what I'm supposed to do with that, there's a lot more that needs to be understood. There's a lot more we need to do to unfold that, unpack that, extract that, to understand it, because that was written a long time ago. Different circumstances, different economy, different culture, and how do we apply that to now? So one of the things that we need to look at is the whole counsel of God from Genesis through the Old Testament the prophets, the law, the history, the songs into the New Testament, the gospel and the New Testament history and the letters, all the way to Revelation. So to understand Jesus' teaching to the lawyer about these great commandments, we need to go back to the beginning. As a trainer, it's always helpful to give an example or an analogy. And one of the analogies that I've shared with my family, um, how many of you are familiar with the old, old movie, Wizard of Oz? No one has never seen it good. Everyone knows of the movie. It's supposed to be one of the greatest movies of all time. Knowing the movie, you know it starts out with black and white, and it starts out with conflict and trouble and pain, and the main character runs away from home, and she doesn't know how to solve her problems. If that's all you saw was the black and white part, you wouldn't get the movie. You would not understand the truths and the solution. Jump forward, and we see color 
Technicolor. First time shown. <laughs> Technicolor. And the main character, Dorothy's, in Munchkin County. Strange people you've never seen before. If all you saw of The Wizard of Oz was Munchkin County, you wouldn't understand the movie. Go forward a little further. She's on the yellow brick road. She meets her companions on the yellow brick road. They don't know what they're going to do. They all have needs. Cut. If all you saw of The Wizard of Oz was the yellow brick road, you would not understand the story. Move forward to the land of Oz, meeting the wizard, taking up the wizard's challenge, dealing with evil, coming to the end. Click, click, click. There's no place like home. If all you saw was the land of Oz and dealing with evil and Dorothy saying there's no place like home, you would not understand the entire story. Now, I'm not putting the Wizard of Oz on the same level with the Bible. I'm just telling you that the Bible has much at the beginning that contributes to understanding why Jesus said this. Why Jesus said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. If you go back to creation, when God made the world and God said, light be, water be, and every one of his commands, and at the sixth day he said, let us make man in our image, that is the Lord that Jesus is teaching about. So if you want to understand Jesus teaching the lawyer about great commandments, you need to go back to who is the Lord. And it starts right there. And it continues. And it goes on through the Bible. God is speaking to us. God is sharing himself through the word. Jesus is pointing us and steering us and making it come alive by emphasizing things. But that is what is needed for us to understand the word. We have to read all the way through it. There's a component in God's creation that also contributes to our understanding. And that is, when God made every animal, every bird, every fish, and man, he made them with the ability to reproduce after their kind. In every life, and that's also in the plants, in every life there is a seed that when it's fertilized brings forth the next generation. It's God designed. It's God's way. Sowing and reaping. Today we would say DNA. 
and it's the genetic component that's inside of us that we inherited, and it was created that way by God. God started everything. So it's not at all unusual when the lawyer asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus pointed back to the Lord. And there is only one. So Jesus started at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. (laughs) For a believer to walk in faith and to see and enjoy the fruits of the uh, faith walk, you have to be attached to the source. In John chapter 15, Jesus was sharing with his disciples that I am the vine, you're the branches. Everything you've seen of me, I got from the Father. He gave it to me, and I give it to you. There's that natural connection. So when you are looking at a believer, and you are expecting to see fruit, there's no fruit without a root. It's got to start at the beginning. And in the beginning, God set it up that way. God created the foundation for us now to walk in truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So when we're looking for a fruitful life in Christ, we have to be connected to Christ. We have to be in Christ. If there's poor fruit, if there's no fruit, if someone is going through a season when it's dry, look to the word. Jesus said in the prayer that I prayed, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So I want to take just another moment to share something of my life. Um, I've been blessed. Um, I have a wife that soon we will celebrate 43 years together. 43 years. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. We have three children and seven grandchildren. That's two more generations of amazing. But it's not always been perfect. And most recently, uh, last year, we were looking at things that were saying, we don't have all the joy we believe we should have. We don't experience the fullness we believe we should. Now, I was saved as a child, and uh, you may not tell from looking at me, but I'm 67 years young, so I've been in church a long time. And my wife is not nearly as old as I am. So she's been in church a long time. Both of our fathers were pastors. So we've been in church, or we've been familiar with the word, and we've been walking in faith a long time. And yet, you know, 
Last year, we had struggles. We had struggles. And I went to the Word. And Mark 11, 23 and 24... And the Lord led me, the rhema word out of Mark eleven twenty three and 24 for me was, you've got some mountains, name the mountains. You've got some giants in your land, name those giants. So I called it my Goliath prayer list. And it's private, I won't share it with you, but last July... I was led to create my Goliath prayer list, and I started writing, and I filled a page. Now, I stopped at nine, but the notes and the word flowing through and how I was to deal with that, those nine mountains or nine giants in my life, and I set that aside, and I said, God, there it is. I put it before you, and your word says, I can have whatever I say. I can tell those giants be gone. I can tell those mountains to move, and they'll be moved. I've just never dealt with all nine of them at the same time. What is the next step? So my wife shows me Facebook. She said, oh, look, have you ever heard of this minister? He's speaking in Dayton. We live uh, over the hill from here. That's pretty close. Let's go listen to Randall Greer. We had never heard him speak. Of course, we did our, our due diligence. We watched his, we found his website. We watched some of his other messages. Found out he teaches right, dead, center, on target the way we believe. So we said, let's go hear Randall Greer. So we came here to Word of Truth to hear Randall Greer. And we found a church with believers and a minister, and a staff that was right in line, dead center on target with the way we believed. And I told Pastor Chip, I said, how come I never heard of you before? I live right over the hill. Well, it's not his fault, it's my fault. I was otherwise distracted. But to shorten the story, the word of God through Mark 11, 23, and 24, told me, create a Goliath list, and then God would lead me and give me the strength to fight those giants, and he brought me here. And I got Rama word from Randall Greer. Weeks later, Marilyn Neubauer was guest speaker. I had never heard of her before. Not her fault, my fault. Okay. It opened our eyes because we heard the word for us. And we have been blessed. And I can tell you that Goliath list, one of them's been scratched off. God told us, this is the first one. This is the most important. This is your priority. You focus on this. Say unto this mountain. And that mountain's moved. Yeah. So 
The word works. God speaks to us. And even if you're a believer and you're not feeling it, you're not sensing it, or it just seems like it's so long since you've heard from God, Jesus prayed, sanctify them, set them aside, make them holy, surround them with your love, through your truth, your word is truth. So that's my personal testimony. So I want to share that only to encourage you that God has a plan and a place and a purpose for all of us. And sometimes if our attention is distracted, sometimes if we have other things cluttering, and oh, I am terrible at being cluttered, we can't see or hear through the Spirit. Sometimes we get our head above our heart or our feelings speaking too loudly. But Jesus said, Father, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Keep coming back to the word. Now what you're going to find, if you study the word, you're going to find that God has a system. Some people call it a system. The word talks about it being his kingdom. But in the kingdom of God, there are kingdom principles, kingdom rules. There is a kingdom language. There's kingdom currency. God's kingdom does things different than any other kingdom. Okay? The kingdoms of this world are not God's kingdom. But if you go back to that text scripture, when the lawyer asked Jesus, and Jesus answered, and the lawyer responded, oh, I get it, I agree with you. And Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. The lawyer was near, he wasn't yet in, but those commandments, God's rules, God's way, that is what allows us to advance and enjoy a fruitful life as believers. So I want to ask you, uh, what language do you speak? Many years ago, there was an author who became famous by writing a book, The Five Love Languages. There's more than five, but that's typically what happens, you know, and it's scriptural, and it's, it's based on the way we communicate. What currency do you trade with? One of my training sessions was in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And they spoke a different language. They spoke Arabic. They used different currency. And their currency represented a different value system. And the things they bought and sold with their currency differed than what we do here. When I was there, water was more expensive than gasoline. 
imagine. I'm, I drove down the highway. Gasoline today is hovering near and above $3 a gallon. And many people are buying water at the stores now. But imagine if gasoline was nickels and dimes and water was dollars. That's the way it was in the other country. But in God's kingdom, he has a plan for you to use a different kind of currency. Something that is stronger than the paper it's printed on. Something that has more than the full faith and credit of a man-made government. And we'll get to that in a minute. But God wants you to use his words and his currency. Now that can be difficult because here in this world, this broken world we live in, people will use words that come from God's word. You'll hear love and justice. You'll hear those words, but they don't necessarily mean exactly what God's intention is for those words. So for us to have the best of God's blessings, we need to connect into his system, work with his words, speak his language. Um, my wife loves Italian. She's trying to learn Italian. My wife grew up in the Southwest and she was in a biracial culture and so she learned Spanish at an early age. I was from the north. I was near Canada. I thought I'll learn French. I might be able to speak to some Canadians someday. Never got to use it until my company sent me to France. And then I had a strange occasion. These words that I had learned were stuck in the back of my head because I hadn't used them for all those years. And I had a phrase book, and so practicing talking to people. And I got marginally conversive. And one day, I was standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus that takes everyone to the plant where they work. And a stranger approached me and spoke in French and asked me, was this the bus stop for that factory? And I said, in French, yes, and it'll be here in 10 minutes. And he looked at me and he said, are you American? And I said, yes. And he says, I'm from Colorado. So here's two Americans in France talking French to each other. And we had a laugh about it, but we were both on the same page. We were saying the same things. We communicated. It's kind of funny because it, it was an odd way, but I was in France. And in France, you speak French. And the man from Colorado was in France. So in France, you speak French. Are you in the kingdom of God? Are you speaking God's language? He wants you to. He's teaching us to use his words, to use his phrases, because there's much that can come from speaking God's language. You see, when you, uh, here in the United States, we use dollars. 
uh, as our currency. That's the means of exchange. It's the way we measure. It's the way we trade in dollars. 20 plus years ago, I encountered the first um, self-checkout at a grocery store where I could use a bank card. And suddenly I said, the world's changing. That's been 20 years. They still count it in dollars, but you can get by with plastic, a card. And cards have been updated. And now they have smart chips. And now they have tap. But they're still based on dollars. We're still using dollars to trade. I love technology. I love the improvements. I love the advantage of having overhead screens, of having music broadcast through the sound system. I love having my tablet for notes and my smartphone. But I'm telling you tonight, all of these technologies still come back to we need to be using God's currency. I'm not here as a financial advisor to tell you how to improve your savings. I'm not here as a financial advisor to tell you what the dollar is going to do. I am here to tell you what God says his currency is and how you can be blessed by using it. So when Jesus prayed the prayer to his father, sanctify them through your truth, your word is truth. It was meant to be personal. It wasn't creating a banner above everyone that was just writing on the wall. It was meant to be personal. And in Jesus' mind was all the names of his followers. On his heart were the people that he wanted protected and sanctified are all the people that he wanted led into the followers of the truth. The word is for you and for me. You are not guilty of blasphemy by personalizing the word. Every word teacher that I follow teaches to put you in the word. Take the prayers that Jesus prayed and personalize them. Father, sanctify me through your truth. Father, reveal your truth to me. I told you about my Goliath prayer list. Everybody thinks, well, I, let me rephrase that. Some people act as if Kenneth Hagin wrote those verses. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Followers of Kenneth Hagin refer to those verses. Because Kenneth Hagin personalized those verses. When he was laying on his deathbed and he said, God, what do I do? 
And he called the preachers, and the preachers said, get ready for your funeral. When he called his family, they said, we're going to miss you, son. When he said, God, what am I supposed to do? Father God led him to Mark eleven twenty three, and he said, oh, I can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Whatsoever I say, that's kingdom language. That's the language God wants you to use. He wants you to find the word that applies to your situation and personalize it, make it your word. I started tonight by saying we're going to get a rhema word. That's what that's about. Personal, individual, light shining, revelation that the word speaks to you. And you can apply it. I'm testifying it works. God speaks to us through his word. Okay. God wants you to advance and advance the kingdom. God wants you to use his word and work. God wants you to walk in that relationship, to be a vine, be a, a branch connected to the vine, which takes its source from God. God wants that for you. And what God wants for you, when he abides in you and his word abides in you, you can ask him anything. So where God abides, he provides. Where God abides, he provides. When you're connected to the Father, and like Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven, when you have a heavenly vision, you'll gain heavenly provision. That's what's available to you. If you're speaking the kingdom language, if you're trading with the kingdom currency. <clears throat> Let's look at one verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. This is what I call the kingdom's currency. If you've studied the Bible, if you've listened to faith teachers, you know this as the love chapter. The last verse of that chapter, my vision for this is this is the kingdom currency. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, or Christian love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, Christian love. 
when you're looking for God to lead you, you need to be talking his language and using his currency. And Paul spent a chapter describing love in the midst of the letter to the Corinthians where he talked about good behavior and bad behavior and being appropriate and orderly. And in all of that, this verse stands out. Okay, I said all that. Faith, hope, and love. These abide means they will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. My vision, and the way I like to put this in person, is in that context of the commandment Jesus said, the first commandment is love your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and everything. That's faith. That's faith. So Paul talks about faith first, just like Jesus in this list, just like Jesus responded, well, you want to understand commandments first, it's God. God's first. Then Jesus said, the second commandment is as great. Love your neighbor as yourself. The way I view this list of currency is love, which Paul said is the greatest thing of all, and Jesus said no greater love as anyone else that he laid down his life for a friend or a brother. Love is great because you're reaching out and caring for and caring about others the way God wants you to. Faith is a currency upward. Love is the kingdom's currency outward. Well, that leaves hope. To me, hope is the inward currency. Hope is loving your brother or neighbor as yourself. You can't do that if you are broken. Nobody wants to be loved broken. Hurting people hurt others. They're lashing out in defense. They're lashing out in fear. They're striking out because they're broken and they feel that in that choice of fight or flight, they choose to fight. God wants us, like Jesus told them, the greatest commandments, God wants us to operate in his currency, which is faith, hope, and love. My view, the way I express this, is faith is heavenward. I don't have faith in men. That job I told you about, great job, great company, I worked with some very difficult people. 
just cut that off right there. I don't have faith in this world. That job was near Seattle, Washington. Don't know if any of you have ever been to Seattle, Washington, but Seattle rains every day for 10 and a half months. And then the sun comes out for a few weeks, and then it rains every day. That's not a problem for me, but some people are affected by that. And my wife was raised in the Southwest. She expects it to be sunny every day. So she in Seattle, you know, we could not put faith in Seattle. <laughs> my faith is in God. God commands me, directs me, encourages me, teaches me to love others. That's where my love needs to go. If I spend my life loving myself, I'll be a sad, sorry, lonely Scrooge. But there's hope. You see, a Christmas carol, Scrooge repented, Scrooge changed, Scrooge spoke hope. Now, I'm not here to try and make the Christmas carol on top of the Bible. I'm telling you that Paul told us, if you want to please God, love is the most important. Love, love, love. But he said that there's three spiritual forces that abide, that last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. That's why we talk about the love walk. That's why we talk about the sum of all of the law and prophets is what Jesus said in Mark 12. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. But I want to add my personal choice in the power of hope. Let's look at Romans 15, 13, and that'll be the last scripture we'll look at, the last piece of the word tonight. I'm not just talking to you out of duty. I'm not talking to you out of a sense of I want to change you. I'm talking to you from a heart rooted in what Jesus said, the greatest command is to love God and love one another. And I came through a bad time last year. And this scripture was what saved me. This scripture was what grounded me. This scripture is what kept me focused. So read it in King James Version. 
And then I'm going to uh, share another version with you. What is your, what language do you speak? What currency do you use? I prefer kingdom language. I prefer kingdom currency. And Paul said to the Romans, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Personally, this is my kingdom currency, hope. It's right there with faith and love. I had, still have, faith. I had, still have, love. But I didn't feel like I had any hope. I felt hopeless. Now, forgive me God for letting feelings rise to that point. But when I said, God, what do I do? And he said, make the Goliath list. We're going to tackle them one at a time. And he said, get in the word. You lack hope? Find the word for the source of hope. Find this hope that abides. Find this hope that Paul said is right next to faith and love. And I found it here in Romans 15, 13. Let me read you the Passion Translation because this just made me dance. The Passion Translation Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Oh, did I need to hear that. I had faith, I had love, but hope, the Bible describes as positive, confident expectation of good in the future. I couldn't see the future. I couldn't sense the future. I was trying to find the future. And God led me here, and he said, your hope is in God. And if you'll latch on to that, if you'll use that kingdom currency, if you will trade in hope, then you'll be filled to overflowing, and you'll be in a state of peace and rest in the Holy Ghost. That's a pretty good thing, I think. So, um, what is your source of truth? What state are you in? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ because your hope is in him? What currency are you using? What language are you speaking? See, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. 
John 10.10. Romans 15.13 was my personal scripture for last year. That was my theme scripture. And I can testify that it worked. My personal theme scripture for this year is John 10.10. Everybody should know John 10.10. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full or more abundant, overflowing. He said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. So whose language are you speaking? Are you speaking of loss? That's the thief's language. Are you speaking of life? That's Jesus' language. Do you have hope for the future? Or do you feel like it's all gone? It's been taken away, stolen from me, destroyed. That's the enemy's language. The good news is, Paul said, faith, hope, and love abide. Nobody can take those away from you. You can surrender them, but nobody can rip them out of your hands. And then, last year's scripture, now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Paul wrote that encouragement to the Romans. I give you that encouragement. I want you to radiate with hope. I want hope to well up in you so that tomorrow is a better day and you add to that and you go forward in victory. Faith, hope, and love. Kingdom's currency. Use it. Trade in it. See what God will give you if you'll start raising up in faith and hope and love. One last word, and I'll close. Um, my wife and I, we have extended family out west. My son lives in Texas. Two daughters currently living in New Mexico. My wife's got siblings, and her father still lives in New Mexico. We drove back and forth probably four times last year. It's a long drive. We flew once, drove three times. One of the times we came back <clears throat> tired, not tired, fatigued, not fatigued, worn out. And when your mind is worn out, you tend not to speak kingdom words and trade in kingdom currency. And my wife and I were so frustrated about things we had experienced. And we were not in agreement. Let's just leave it at that. And my wife got sick. Where did this come from? How did this happen? We're believers. We're walking in faith. The Holy Spirit spoke to us 
through her recovery, we lost our peace. In that time of stress, in that time of challenges, in the time of frustration, we let our guard down. We no longer had the word between us and forces of evil. We lost our peace and we suffered for that. And that's what led me to find this scripture. Romans 15, 13. I'm going to read it again. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Hope is attached, connected, ingrained, an inseparable part of kingdom's currency. If you want to have faith, there's going to be hope in there. If you want to have love, kingdom love, there's going to be hope in there. If you want to have peace, there's going to be hope in there. Let's pray again that prayer from John 17, 17. Lord, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And now, Lord, may all who hear this message be lifted up in hope. May all of them know you as the fountain of hope. May all of them be sanctified, brought near you into that realm of kingdom, love, hope, and faith. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Mr. Jared is going to come and receive tonight's offering. Please drive safely after we're dismissed. Lord, we receive this as gifts unto you. Multiply the seed sown as these believers have given to you, knowing that it will be returned to them many times over in Jesus' name. Thank you. You're dismissed. Have a great rest of your week. Please join us here Sunday.